There are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Brett screwed Brett. Die, Rocky, die. Introducing the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE with new interviews with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history. Listen now. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. I hope you're still singing along at home. Uh, this is Masked Man David Shoemaker. I'm here with Jack Farmer. Hey. Phil Schneider. Um, I don't know if anybody else is joining us, but thank you all for joining and listening. Let's just, let's just, let's just start going. That was not the ending, uh, that I predicted. I don't even remember what happened at this point. There's so much singing and, and, and joyful commiserating going on there at the end. How was the ending for you, Jack? Well, the, not the ending you predicted. Ending I predicted, I never gave up on the tribal chief. I never down. Everyone else, though, they were all big fans of the fella until this month. Then they all got a little scared, and then they started betting on Drew McIntyre. No, this was I, this was such a cool show. Uh, watching it, it's interesting how two months ago this would have just felt like kind of a oh, it's a interesting out of the country show, but now this felt like a WrestleMania. This was a, a such a fun show. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it was, it was a, top to bottom. It was a really solid show. And, 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 you know, just the sort of big, big event feel that's brought to it. I mean, that, the, that the, the crowd brought that the, that the, that the venue brought, but certainly more than anything else, the sort of new status quo, the new era, the new powers that be in WWE sort of bring along with it. It really does raise the, you know, sort of rising tide, the whole event. Right. I mean, I'm, we, uh, we we were we're we're gonna gush gush about Gunther and 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 Sheamus going at it, but even a, but a match like that, it's not like it's not like a uh, you know a booby prize to say it was like you know the match of the night and it was the you know the, just the work rate was so great and the bell to bell it was so great it just it felt like an enormous enormous match and that might not have been the case previously. Phil, I want to get you in here. Uh, what was, what was your takeaway from the main event? Let's just do main event first. I thought it was really good. I, you know, 
I could do without the pre-match talking, the asides to the camera, which I've happened in a lot in Roman Reigns matches. But I'll tell you that, I thought it was great. I thought it was a good use of Tyson Fury. He really cracked the shit out of Austin Fury with that punch in a really amusing way. Uh, so yeah, no, I thought it was good. And I thought the, that was the right decision. I don't, I think, you know, even though this was a great atmosphere, I don't think it was the right time to, to put the belt on McIntyre and take it off Reigns. So, well, I'll say this. I thought that, you know, there was a lot of momentum behind this being the moment to put the belt on McIntyre. And I think that was what was on my mind as I was sort of thinking about the event and, and previewing it. But, I mean, my biggest takeaway is whatever that, whatever the rationale would have been for putting the belt on Drew, it was all a little bit, it was all a little bit superfluous. It was, this was the, the, right, the right city or whatever, the right country to do it in. Uh, this was the, you know, we talked about it being on, on the Masked Man show about him sort of earning a moment like uh, like a big win tonight by carrying the belt through the pandemic. That's all sort of secondary to the fact that it probably wasn't the moment to put it on him right now. And I and I and it's a, I think it's a good sign for WWE that they're making decisions uh, based in reality and not based on the sort of secondary stuff. Uh, Greg, 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 Greg's here. What do you oh, think? Yeah. What did you think about that main event? I agree with everything you guys have said so far. It was a really great match, but again, not the right time to to put it on Drew. And and you pointed out something that I'm going to elaborate on, that WWE is laser-focused on, on something, and they're trying to entertain the fans, but they're not going to be dictated by, you know, okay, Drew's going to get a monster pop if we put the title on him here, so let's put the title on him here, and let the storylines and everything else that we're trying to do be damned. They they focused on giving Drew a moment without giving Drew the title, which I think is was smart. And um, he lost nothing in that loss. He didn't gain any titles, but he lost nothing um, in laying down for Roman right there. I think he lost a little bit with the long Tyson Fury sing log at the end, which made him look a little bit like a that, that wasn't for us though. <laughs> I, I, feel like I thought the same. I thought the same, but I think that has something to do with maybe like UK soccer culture that 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 was really for the local audience over at uh, Cardiff and not necessarily for the global audience that they have um, here in the States. I feel that felt like something that you would see at a house show when they yeah. say, you know, when they put up the, the graphic and the show goes off the air and then they, they gave right. us a peek at that. Yeah. It felt like they were supposed to cut the feed earlier than they did. Well, yeah, uh, yeah they should have cut the feed. <laughs> Listen, that it was. A, it, I agree. I mean, it, it was it was a very well constructed show from start to finish, and it was even. I mean, the, having Roman Reigns win the debut of Sola Sokoa, which I thought was really well done. Um, it was it was all really well put together. If if there's any critique, and this is sort of inevitable in pro wrestling in general, but specifically in what WWE is doing right now, um, it was that there were a lot of question marks kind of looming over everybody's head, the potential for a lot of surprise appearances or swerves or whatever else. And none of that came through, which I don't think it, you can really hold against the show, but especially when you're doing like a 10 minute post post main event bit and everybody, and there's, there's fans all over the place wondering, you know, if it's true about seeing Braun Strowman in Wales or, or what's, what's Bray Wyatt up to Karrion Cross apparently was sitting in the front row during the main event. Uh, I saw some people tweet uh, there, there's a lot of a lot of question marks out there, so you know I, I think I probably would have probably would have chosen to do something you know to not just drag out the ending at a bare minimum to that extent. Also, the big there's a big question mark of the involvement of Tyson Fury in general 
it's one thing to have him punch out Austin Theory at ringside, uh, but it's, but when you're doing when you, when you're when you have him get in the ring after the match and just have him sort of not not get into it with anybody, it's uh, that, that's going to be a little bit of a surprise. I don't know, Jack. What do you think about that? Uh. I don't know. Maybe this is just the wrestling fan in me, but I kept thinking that this was teasing for him coming back into the ring or, or doing something down the line. Uh, but I think what I kind of liked about this is at least on my Twitter timeline, it felt like everybody was predicting a million debuts and interferences and things like this happened. And so I kind of liked that they had all these variables at ringside that didn't uh, actually do. I mean, there was a little bits like carrying cross, like, you know, talking crap on the outside or uh, theory and theory, which I thought was just a really fun, brilliant little thing there. But for the most part, the only, like, I like that the only real actual debut surprise was solo. And if I'm being honest about solo, people, I heard people try to predict that. And I thought, I don't know. But then when he showed up, I loved it. I was like, this was great. I, it was, I, maybe I'm, you know, prisoner of the moment caught up in just what was a fun show. But um, I, I like that they kept the surprises and things like that to a minimum. And I like that they kind of let these guys just sort of do their thing outside of uh, solo coming in. You're right about solo. If there had been, if there had been any other, any other, you know, surprises or schmozziness or anything else that would have really, really would have subtracted from what solo Sokol was going to get out of that moment, because he's not really a known quantity. And um, yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think overall that part of it went really well. And I think that, it's going to be fun to see him as part of this group going forward. Just, you know, the, 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 the bloodline. I mean, I, I think, you know, Roman Reigns' reign has been overall about as good as you could hope for it to be. And certainly it has its detractors, but the internal drama, the internal storytelling in the, in the bloodline, especially recently has just been so top notch. I'm excited for them to have, you know, it, it, to have a, a new place to go. Not that they even need it, but it's, it's, it's exciting stuff. Well, and, and with, uh, to add on, you look at Roman Reigns, he's unified the world titles. You look at the Usos, they've unified the tag titles. Just as a, as a fan looking at what's happening, now that they have Solo, I can't help but look at the U.S. and Intercontinental title and think, is the bloodline going to literally be a, like a Grand Slam stable all at once, you know? Um, I, I, I mean, I don't know how, what the reality is or likelihood of that, but it's hard for me not to start thinking about that. That that feels very early for Solo, but at the very least, the bloodline now has a full set for Survivor Series. Not to look mm-hmm. past Extreme Rules, but they have the four that they need. So it's just about what direction Five. you go and who do you... Five. Don't don't you, oh, the, don't forget about the honorary. Yeah. Use. You're right. I cannot forget about the honorary. Use. Who knows? By that time, he could be on the opposing team. We really don't know. But at least in terms of Anoa'i family members, they have they have a full set. Um, just in time for Survivor Series on the main roster. Is it crazy? I mean, there are a lot of auto. I mean, you could you could you could have a ten man uh, Survivor Series team of just Anoa'i family members. There's a bunch just floating around there. Uh, I'm sure available by phone call. Is it crazy that one family can put together a Survivor Series team that is stacked? Like you could put just this one family can make a Survivor Series team, and you'd be hard pressed to find it a team against them of just everyone else. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's 
Well, you know, is that, there, there, is that Keith's heart? Is that Keith's heart shade, Jack? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, is that what you're saying? You're taking like a, a shot, a shot at Keith Hart, but for twenty years the past. The, the Hart family, the Hart family, either hasn't procreated enough or trained enough future generations in the arts. You know, I mean, to, shout out to the Von Erichs, who you know, most of them passed away before they could be procreating. There's a couple of them still running around out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is, it is a pretty spectacular track record of wrestling success in that family. The um, Alvarados ran an entire card that was all Alvarados. And it, was, <laughs> and it was like five matches and three of them were trios matches. That, that's the Brazo family. So I think there's still the, uh, there's still the reigning, uh, champions for, uh, procreating great wrestlers. Yeah. We, we got, got to give them credit. Well, speaking of families, watch this segue. Speaking of families. Uh, one of the biggest moments tonight was um, Dominic Mysterio finally, finally turning on his father, Ray. Uh, it, was a, it was a really good match between Judgment Day and uh, Ray Mysterio and Edge on the other side. Um, and I think that, listen, what will, I mean, my, one of the biggest takeaways of the night is we just got a bunch of really well-booked, well-worked matches. Um, but when you, you know, when, when that was all said and done, I think the thing that everybody's talking about is uh, the Dominic Mysterio after the match kicked Edge in the junk and uh, and then clotheslined his dad and and even though Judgment Day was enjoying it quite a bit he didn't seem to be joining Judgment Day he walked out on his own without any shoes or uh, and or, or shirt by the end um, what do we think that Dominic Mysterio is headed towards next I what I love 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 about this is kind of what you alluded to is that it. I think a lot of people were expecting Dom would just join Judgment Day and that would be the whole story. But I think what I love about this current WWE and what we're getting is they're actually telling us a story. Now I want to tune in to see what's next. And maybe he will ultimately just join Judgment Day. Maybe he'll stay on his own. Uh, There's a million different things he can do, but that's what makes compelling TV, you know? And so that's what I love about this is there is a what happens next as opposed to the very simple you know, I joined judgment day. That's the story. Now we're moving on to the next thing. Um, but, uh, I, this again, I, I think was very, every match on this card or most of them, at least off the top of my head, I'm, as I'm thinking, they were either great matches or they left me with a, okay, now we're to the next step of the story. And this was another example of that, where it was a cool match, but also, yeah, now I'm wondering what's going on with Dom. What's next for Ray and edge. What's next for judgment day. It's, um, and it was a fun match. So I think that I just, I'm going to gush about this show a lot, so <laughs> be ready. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think that this is exactly what you want from storytelling with Dom. I would, why would he join judgment? Jay? Has judgment Jay won a single match. They've got like the wingman's, uh, win loss. record. <laughs> it's like, what, what would be the point of that? I mean, you might as well just, you should just join the trust busters or something like that. I think judgment day is like Oh, for 15 uh, since they joined. Um, uh, but yeah, I like that. I, I mean, I, I wrote a big thing about, uh, you know, where the, where Dominic goes from here and how this is his like chance to really do something. And I, you know, I've got a lot of faith in Ray Mysterio Jr. He's one of the, you know, 10 greatest wrestlers of all time. And I think that if he, if you, they give him the opportunity to really do something with a few of his son, it should be pretty special. Uh, Edgar Escobar. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was gonna, you said the name that I was going to say. Um, Santos Escobar seems like a perfect fit for, for Dominic Mysterio. Um, have him join Legado. 
because he left NXT and but he made sure that before he left, he went and got his boys and bought them with him. So I didn't say Escobar uh, for the record, although that's where I was going. Edgar Escobar in the comments uh, dropped that uh, suggestion, and we talked about that a little, about a little bit on the Mass Man Show. Um, I think that I mean, just in terms of pro wrestling logic, this is that's got to be one of the most like high concept decisions a professional wrestler has ever made. If he came out and he said, "You're right." I needed somebody. You're right. It wasn't you. And guess what? It's not those guys either. Either it's my new friends, Legado Delta Fantasma. I mean, that could be that could be a real kind of boss move for him, um, and also just a way to get those guys on uh, the, the the Legado uh, on on Raw in in a high profile spot. I think of all the dudes and ladies who are going to get called up or have been called up recently or are going to be called up in the near future. I think we can all agree that Santos is is cream of the crop. I mean, just ready to go. And um, and obviously it'll 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 be interesting to see how that power dynamic plays out if that's indeed the way they go. But uh, I'd be all about it. Absolutely. And I I said this before about Rey Mysterio. If he was a foot taller, he'd be everybody's unquestionable greatest of all time. And Santos Escobar is somebody you could say something similar about that. If he had just a, a few more inches of height on him, that he'd also be in the conversation of one of the best wrestlers right now. So him on the main roster, despite his height and, and that one shortcoming that he has, is perfect. And I think he's going to play out really well when we finally see him do what he does, honestly. I mean, listen, there's been uh, – we, we can take we, – we don't need to spend the whole, the whole uh, show talking in hypotheticals or in vagaries or whatever. But, like, you know, one thing that's really clear in the new Triple H regime is that we're not going to be high-bound to height issues, you know, and they're not going to be debuting – Guys like, I don't know, like Ciampa and making his height part of his character. You know, they were just, they're just going to put him out there and let him go. And I think that, that Escobar is a, a, another one who, it's, his height, I don't even think it's something you even need to talk about. You know, I mean, there will certainly be a, an underdog story written into like Johnny Gargano, but like that, that doesn't need to be everybody. And, and we'll see, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it is a different consideration in WWE than it is in AEW because there's so many giants walking around. Or guys like, you know, like Sheamus, who like isn't necessarily even billed as a giant, but standing next to some of those dudes is going to look ridiculous. But, you know, I think that I think that it's much more interesting if they just sort of see how it shakes out. Like, let's go for it because we got to get the best wrestlers in the world in here and, and see how they do. Well, someone especially like uh, Escobar, I have always said, just has a style about him that is so cool. I think can overpower uh, obviously he's a great wrestler and all this other stuff i think when he just walks out the way he presents himself just blows everybody else out of the water and i think that that is something that you don't think about his height or anything like that because he looks so cool and i i mean like you guys have said i think dom joining uh legato del fantasma is the perfect thing for him to do but i don't like to i don't know what's going on with all that yet so i don't like to get my hopes up and start fantasy booking that far ahead so i don't I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get too excited about that potentially happening. But yeah, Santos Escobar, I think, is gonna be just a wildly popular star once he debuts on the main roster. Yeah, Shout out to the guys in the comments, by the way, who were talking about this. Eddie uh, says we don't need the Randy Orton body test anymore. That's uh, that's a David Shoemaker deep cut. Although I still <laughs> use it sometimes. Matthew Howard says it's now kind of the Seth body test, and I think that's closer to right. I mean, there <laughs> there, there there came a pretty stark point in the past, you know, four or five years where. Brady Orton just became like the big show compared to most of the other dudes on the roster. And that's not even, you know, I mean, even compared to some guys like, like Seth, like he towers over, I think, I think that that's right. I think that, that, uh, that 
if you know, as long as you look, as long as you look just, you know, somewhat convincing standing next to Seth Rollins, you're going to be fine. And I think that Santos and them, you know, there's a bunch of guys that, that, that uh, that'll pass that test. Shout out to long time listeners and callbacks. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love that. Um, not to spend too much time on Santos though, but Jack style is the exact right word. Cause it, it, it doesn't just amount to the in ring style. It's like how he carries himself, how he dresses, the way he talks. Um, everything just seems so effortlessly, effortlessly cool. And then, you know, he, you could see him as being a good ambassador for the company. Like I really can see him having like a long successful career and then a long successful after, you know, being an ambassador for the company. But, but that's me getting way ahead for Dom right now. I see him with Legato. This episode is brought to you by eBay motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about some other stuff. Match of the night. Uh, I think we can all probably agree with Seamus. And uh, and Gunther, uh, we got uh, Giovanni Vinci, uh, I guess the old gimmick, new name, back in, uh, uh, back in, back in the crew. Um, he helped even the odds there uh, for what was a really really cool opening opening of the match brawl between the two factions. Um, and then that then, then everybody else just sort of went by the wayside, and Gunther and Sheamus just had. I mean, listen, everybody going into the match, everybody was saying this is going to be the match of the night. And boy, those two hosses did not disappoint. Um, let's go to Phil, because I know that he's, you know, just rolling around with glee every second of this match. Yeah, that's the, that's my kind of wrestling for sure. I mean, I, I really appreciate just, you know, guys absolutely beating the living shit out of each other. And that's what we got. I mean, Sheamus is a perfect uh, Gunther opponent, right? Cause Gunther is a guy who's sort of famous for, you know, really bruising up people's chests and Seamus is ghost white. Uh, so it's like, really is like a match made in heaven, right? The hardest chopper with the best canvas for those chops. And by the end of that match, I mean, he looked, he looked, he looked almost as bad as Cody did in hell in the South, just from chops. Yeah. Like, I mean, just absolutely bruised the heck out of him. And, you know, I like the kind of, you know, how parts of that match were kind of ugly. You know what I mean? Like you wanted a, a fight like that to not be absolutely, you know, silky smooth with all these reversals. Instead, it was just like, you know, he couldn't get him fully up for that power bomb a couple of times. It just kind of dropped him awkwardly in a fun way. And yeah, I love that. I mean, I'm going to, you know, Monday, keep your eyes peeled. I'm going to write a, you know, I'll write a thousand words on those two guys beating the hell out of each other. But I thought that was great. You're absolutely right about the chest. I mean, it's like when the two, when two guys stick to put their heads together, when they're putting together a match and one guy's just like, you know what you do that, you do that flip off the top rope. What if you, what if we transition from that right into my super kick? And it would be, 
this is these two guys get together backstage and Seamus is just like pointing at his white chest saying like, hey, what do you think? What do you, <laughs> why, don't, why don't we mess this up? It's like it's it is it was obvious, just like we knew this match was going to be good, that that chest was going to be turned into hamburger. And it was and it was glorious. I mean, it was just a great match start to finish with the way that the Gunther dominated the first act of the match. I was fully convinced that Sheamus was going to go over. I was like, oh, they're going to give it to the hometown guy. They're going to let him have his big moment here. This is pretty crazy because he was getting just walloped. And then when he started making the comeback, I was like, oh, nope, there's still time. We got this. And they and it was just really a beautifully told story in between the just grueling punches and kicks. And uh, and I mean, b- by the time that it got to the the, the close, I mean, every, I, I'm not the only person. Everybody is everybody is pointing out how awesome it is that Gunther just seems to end matches when he decides to end matches. You don't have to set up for the finishing move. You don't have to. We're just going to do whatever move I'm, I'm ready to do when it's time to go home. But it's just in a match like this, it's such a beautiful way to do it. Beautiful is not even the right word, but it, it's it's just it's it was just really really well done. And uh, and even that you said the ugly stuff though, even like that power bomb where Sheamus kind of landed on the small of his back, and it seemed like it was a little bit of a botch, but it became the story, and it be, and it was I don't know, it was just really really well yeah, done. Fred, so much wrestling that? these days, it's like every, the finish is. Uh, five minutes of guys reversing each other's finishers and spinning around. And, and, you know, you just like appreciate, okay, these two guys are, they're going to hit each other until somebody falls down. And that's what the finish is going to be. And it's not going to be, I tried for a move and then you reversed my move. And then I tried for your move and you reversed my move. And instead says, no, I'm going to hit you really hard and a bunch of times. And then I'm going to throw a clothesline that looks like it, you know, you know, damn near knocked your head off. And then I'm going to pin you. Can I just appreciate it's just so different from what we see uh most of most modern wrestling that it just you know bowling shoe ugly fist fight between two big dudes who are gonna hit each other as hard as they can until you know blood vessels burst on their chest. You know where we did see that in modern wrestling, Phil. I think uh you can appreciate this is and I feel heart it's heartbreaking to say this now after uh this past week, but NXT UK, everyone loves matches like this. And I've been saying I'd always be like Watch NXT UK. They beat the hell out of each other. This is yeah. what they do on that show. Uh, and this was like right in the heart of what that brand was when it was on. But man, these guys were just, as I was watching it, just I, I always say it, they talk about the unstoppable force and immovable object. This was just two unstoppable forces going at each other. And to the Gunther winning with a clothesline or whenever he decides he wants to end it, I think one of the beautiful things about it to continue using that word is that it makes, it just makes everything he does seem so much more devastating because it's not a matter of this is what I I win with. It's I can win with anything because everything I do is so powerful. It can put anybody down and it makes every near fall during one of his matches feel so much more important. Uh, Gunther, one of those guys that I just think uh, more and more people are recognizing. Every match he has is incredible. He's just so, so good. He's so fascinating to watch as a wrestling fan. Uh, he's he's one of my favorites. Yeah, and I'm also excited. I mean, they've got, they set up, they could just run a six-man, some variation of those six guys on SmackDown every week for a month and a half, right? And there's no variation of those six guys I don't want to watch, right? Yeah, yeah. One of the low key, I mean, one of the low key, I think, upshots after tonight was putting Vinci back in the group. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what the calculus was to take him out before um, 
But certainly one of the things that you saw in sort of the old WWE is that once you were like a second or third banana in a, in a, in a, in a group, there wasn't, there wasn't much upward mobility for you. And I think that we can clearly see, I mean, Vinci just had so much, so much potential that I think they saw him as a solo act when they did NXT 2.0. Now a guy with that much potential can comfortably find a home uh, inside a group. Same thing for Solo Sokoa. You know, we're not worried about hampering his upward mobility by putting him in the storyline. I, 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 I think that I think that overall, that's a really good look. Greg, what was your takeaway from the uh, the two big meaty men slapping meat match of the night? It was just ultra violent, and it was it was beautiful. That's the word that I'm gonna. It was brutal. It was beautiful, and and I loved every second of it. And um, just to touch on on what Jack had to say about NXT UK, don't mourn it just yet. It, it, it to to paraphrase Shawn Michaels, we cannot confuse expansion with extinction in this case. They've made it very clear that it's coming back as NXT Europe, that it's gonna gonna span the whole continent versus just trying to bring everybody into the UK and and have matches like that in the UK. Who knows? They might get a a nice new bigger budget. Um, we'll see, but the but the journey is not over for NXT UK. It's just getting rebranded, which I'm very glad to hear. And and Gunther is just, you know, Sheamus very underrated. Um, I hope that one day he does get that ultimate grand slam that he's been talking about. Um, he wouldn't be the first. Edge did it already. Edge did it before he retired. He would be the second. Um, certainly the first in in over a decade. But Gunther is just amazing and gunther is that guy what i love about him is that he's the guy that when you have somebody that comes to you and says wrestling is fake or wrestling is this or wrestling is that you can sit them down search his name in peacock pull up a gunther match and whatever pops up will be the one that makes them sit back in their chair and say all right well well, maybe most of it is fake or or completely reconsider because man he brings it every single time Every time. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, he's, 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 uh, first of all, I'm glad that we're talking about NXT UK. I'm glad that we're talking about the potential for NXT Europe. I think that, that, uh, you know, it, it, there's, there's a, a, a lot of great stuff, um, that can come out of that. I, 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 I'm, yes, absolutely. Gunther is obviously one of the linchpins of it for the longest time. Uh, and, and you're right. I mean, all of his big, his big matches there were just exceptional match of the year candidate type things. And, and man, he's brought that over here. I mean, it is a, a, a mind bogglingly good match against Nakamura on SmackDown. And now he's here tonight, just like tearing the house down with Sheamus who, um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of in our, in, in our group text and also just like all over Twitter and everywhere else, a lot of like, everybody's been sleeping on Sheamus t- chatter. I mean, it, he's he's had great matches with everybody as greg pointed out he's 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 really one of the modern greats um but he's not always been put in a a position to succeed and i thought you know just seeing tonight how he was how he could just easily just step right back into that role as one of the one of the best there is uh given you know with the right opponent was just just really fun to watch yeah seamus reminds us all the time how good he is when the bell rings. And it's like I said, I, I think we were texting about this. It's, it's the storylines that he's had. Like, you know, when you think about some of our favorites, some of the greats, like you can think about Brett and Owens rivalry as like a storyline with great matches attached to it. Or like, you know, the mega powers coming together and exploding as a storyline with great matches attached to it. Sheamus didn't really get any of the good storylines, even though, like you said, 
he he was he said it i think a few weeks ago he has banger after banger after banger after banger under his belt and that's just when the bell rings but when when it's time for them to give him a storyline they really haven't given him the the top quality memorable stuff that they gave everybody else now shout out to him for knocking it out of the park anyway but um i think that's that's why Sheamus doesn't get remembered as being as good as he actually is because the storylines weren't always there. What I love about Sheamus too, is that he's someone that if you turned on wrestling for the first time in 10 years or 12, 15 years or however long, and you see him, you get it. You instantly get who he is, what he's about. And you believe that he can beat the crap out of people. He does beat the crap out of people. He takes a beating, but something that I really, really love about uh, the outcome of this match with uh, Gunther winning is uh, all the the male singles titles are being held by people who feel like champions across the board. Like Roman Reigns is an unstoppable champion. Bobby Lashley is an unstoppable champion. Gunther is an unstoppable champion. Braun Breaker is an unstoppable champion. Carmelo Hayes is an unstoppable champion. Like they all feel like beating them means something. It doesn't feel like, uh, they just happen to be the champion for whatever reason. It doesn't feel like a transitional thing. It feels like being a singles champion in the WWE right now is a really big deal. Uh, and that is a just a, a cool thing, I think, to be having happen right now in WWE. Yeah, I think that's a good point, by, uh, Jack. And I actually think that's one of the reasons it was this. I don't think uh, Drew McIntyre feels like that. So I think that the fact that they that it's, it's sort of tagging on to that. I think that's a reason it was a good idea for them to keep the belt on Roman. Although it is weird that we had it. Were the Brits over for today? Do we have a single, uh, single UK win from anybody? Right. I mean, uh, uh, no. Dakota won. That's at least UK adjacent, right? Yeah. So that's the best we could do. Right. But I mean, if you know, cause Finn Baylor lost and Seamus lost and, and, uh, See, not everything changed. One, two, still Canada. Even it, losing in there. <laughs> the queen is on their money. At least the they, queen is on their money. Man. That's, that's true. At least no. they, they, yeah, they, they, you don't you don't automatically get to win because it's your home your home country, but you know you don't get left off the card at least anymore. So that's that's that, that, that's that. something. <laughs> uh, that's there was also no belt changes tonight, as uh, as uh, who pointed that out in the comments? Um, that was Mike. Uh, do you think it was a mistake to have zero title changes? One Andrew Goldstein, who was in our in in the group chat with me and Greg during the show, said they were he predicted that they weren't changing titles just to make a drew win at the end feel even like a bigger deal obviously that's that wasn't the thinking unless it was some sort of super like you know 3d chess sort of uh idea that like we're that's we're gonna let people think that make people think the belt's changing because of that but um i don't know do you think that we needed a title change tonight do you think that does anything to um i don't know do you think that does anything to make the show feel uh, give it a little bit of that like you know like like Saudi Arabia show feel that's, like it's not on American soil exactly so it doesn't really thinking. matter that's exactly what I was thinking that this is, might be like a little initiation like those first few Saudi shows were like we're gonna give you some matches they're gonna look great on paper nothing of consequence is really gonna happen because it has to happen on the home turf and, and who knows maybe they'll go back and then you know so they get some big title changes and they could shake stuff stuff up over there but that's what I was thinking it had a had a very um crown jewel vibe to the no title changes but if there were a title 
that I would have had switch hands, it would have been um, Shayna Baszler versus Liv. I was trying to figure yeah. out on Friday how they were going to book that show, book that match because they kind of obviously the live winning predated I think right predated uh, you know the the change in the on, in creative, um, but it, and so it felt a little bit like like they were left holding the bag right because it, it I think that there's a way to book Liv Morgan to the championship and have her be and have that be a, you know have her, give her a good reign or at least give her a good storyline along the way but. Um, but it's kind of hard, given the way it started, to really give it you know, for that to really have much, you know legs. I thought that tonight's not what the ending tonight wasn't what I predicted, but it probably is a little bit better than what I predicted. I mean, it was a fairly convincing win, legitimate win. Um, Shayna Baszler, I don't know if she looked better leaving the match than she went going into the match, but she certainly looked better leaving the match than she did a month ago. Uh, and and. Yeah, I think there's still there's opportunity to book her into a an un, the unstoppable monster that she was in NXT if that's the way they want to go going forward. I don't know, Jack. What, what was your takeaway from the women's championship match? Uh, I'm a little biased because I love Shayna Baszler and I really, really wanted her to win this one. Um, I, but looking back at it, I I feel like you need you. I feel like you got to give Liv a chance if she's the champion and. She did. I don't think she's ever had a strong win yet, and I think that it was good to give her a strong, clean win over a tough opponent to at least give her an opportunity to be a champion. Because all of her other, all of her other wins have been like tapping out while she's getting the pin or whatever, and she never really looked strong. So I think this, at least now, now going forward, we can say she's been given a chance to look like a champion, and now let's see how this this reign goes. Because for me personally, it, it, I feel like it's left a lot to be desired with uh, Liv Morgan's run. Um, and now we can see, like, look, they've they've given her a big win. Let's see if she can change everyone's minds. Yeah, opinion. I don't think she looked like a champion. I think she looked like somebody playing uh, wrestling with a wrestling buddy on their bed. And the fact yeah. that, like, I mean, I thought, I thought she looked pretty bad in that match. And it looked, I mean, it looked, every every time she hit offense on Shayna Baszler, it looked like ridiculous yeah <laughs> like if you want to talk about the uh, how you show gunther matches to people who claim that wrestling is fake don't show them that Liv morgan match because i thought that looked i thought it it looked about as bad as i've seen main well, card wrestling look uh, that, that's, that's a little bit too far <laughs> i think i think that you could certainly point at some other Liv morgan matches and say that i think i don't know to me i thought that she actually this was a really good match for her because it took she she's a WWE wrestler in the sense that she needs some time and it, 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 she needs the storytelling component. Um, and, and listen, she sold her ass off. I think you're right for the most part about her offense, but she was selling like, like, you know, like few can, she might need to take some of that, some of that, those lessons that Dolph Ziggler never learned to heart to heart that, you know, the more you, the, the better you sell for your opponent that, you know, that sometimes the worse it reflects on you. But, um, but yeah, I mean, listen, this goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of this discussion. This was a no-win situation, really, for for the booking committee or whoever's doing creative, or for for Liv too. If she won the match, it was going to feel like a like a house show match, and that because it sort of like immediately diminishes whatever, however much they built up Shayna Baszler. And if she lost the match, 
then it was going to seem like she was never a deserving champion to begin with. So, uh, you know, I thought David, she wasn't. Well, <laughs> so that's well, accurate. No, but but given but given what you have to work with and the fact that presumably you still want her as a as a viable competitor on the roster moving forward with or without the belt, um, you know, they're they're walking a fairly fine line here. I thought the match was the match was much better than I expected it to be, and the end and the ending was much more sort of palatable than i expected it to be but 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 i take what you say you know it's it's hard so i'll say this about the match first i know Liv morgan has stands i like Liv too Liv hive i'm with you don't come for me but i do agree as as it goes with this match in particular that it was a big win but i don't think it was necessarily a strong win jack i think it was a big win because it happened on the big stage but her performance in this match didn't necessarily make it a strong, um, a strong win for me. Now, in terms of her not being a someone who deserved the title anyway, you know, I listened to a JTG interview a while back, and they asked him about Prime Time never being tag team champions. He said that he was told that the reason they didn't get the titles was because there's only three reasons to give somebody a title. One is a transitional champ to get it from point A to point B without hurting any of the other people. Two was to make the title. So you put it on somebody super strong and then have them rise the title to their level. And then three was to have the title make somebody. So I think Liv falls in that third category of of the title. She was right there and the title was was supposed to push her over the edge and, and make her, I don't think that makes her undeserving, but I think there was some logic to giving her the money in the bank and having her cash in the same night on Ronda, squeak by Ronda. And I think still, though, tonight wasn't the night to have her retain just because that performance didn't tell me that she was going to retain. It seems like with these wins, she's squeaking by, which is not, it's not really, I'm not getting underdog from that. I'm getting like slimy heel who manages to keep hold of their title, which she's not. It would work for an undersized heel, but she's not a heel. She's supposed to be like a super baby face. So she needs... She doesn't just need big wins. She needs actually strong wins where her performance is so gutsy at the end that it pulls out. And I think that that's what's missing from the portrayal of these matches is that it's not coming off as super gutsy to me. Yeah, I and, mean, let's, uh, I guess go ahead, what, I, what I want to say is I just want to make sure I, I'm not saying this is a big win as in like, wow, she proved all her doubters wrong and all this other stuff. I guess what I'm saying is she won the title with a cash in after big match. And then her other defense, she was tapping out while she pinned somebody. So probably shouldn't have won that match. And so this was her first, like, Oh, now she's got to win. So as everything you guys are saying about her, like it feeling like she shouldn't be the champion. Now she's had an opportunity to beat someone to pre- be presented as someone who should be a champion. Now, if we're all saying to ourselves, Hey, we still don't see her as a champion. Then there's a problem, but at least WWE can say, we gave, she got a big, she got a win against someone clean, you know, we should as viewers start believing in her after that. If we don't, now you've got to adjust. But now if they were to have her lose today, then it'd be very easy for fans or whoever to look back and go, they never even gave her a chance because she yes. never even had a clean defense yeah when you're trying to say totally agree when you're looking back at the way that she cashed in i think you know and it's again we don't know everything that's going on in creative we don't know the backstage stories we don't know how much of this storyline was pre-planned or whatever but it did seem like they were painting with a a pretty limited palette at that point and and you have it it felt like 
the big moment of live winning was largely because they needed a moment to pop the crowd, you know, and, and they didn't, I think there was a lot of uncertainty about what they were going to be able to do with Ronda Rousey, whether that she was going to be willing to play heel or whatever else at that point. Um, I think that given where they are, yeah, I, I think that this is sort of, we are where we are and they're doing a, they, they did a pretty good job tonight. And, um, and, you know, I thought that, like I said, I thought the finish given what they were working with was, was really good. And we'll, and, and hopefully we'll get to, well, I mean, hopefully the next chapter is a little bit more exciting than this one. Speaking of making people in the women's division, thank you, Greg. Uh, our other big women's match was a six-man tag to open the show. A um, lot going on in that match. I think that the, the finish, I, I, mean, there were, I mean, a lot of big moments, big, big spots and everything else. I think the finish to me was, was sort of the most interesting part of the whole thing. Uh, Bianca Belair was tagging with two people who, uh, looked a little bit would it would have been I think much more conventional choices to take the pin but but Belair herself took the pin where do you think we're going uh, in in that half of the, that side of the women's division here uh, who wants to go first I think we're going eye for an eye on that one um, Bianca and her little friends cost damage control the tag titles now damage control is going to try to cost Bianca her uh, her world women's championship and they have a reason to do it because their leader just pin the champion. And we know that WWE likes to smash that button and that in case of emergency break glass, you know, escalate it to the title shot. You pin the champion, you get a title shot. They, they, they go to that well all the time. And I think they did it again tonight. Well, it feels like at some point, Bianca's got to beat all four horsemen, right? So she's got wins over two of them. She beat Bailey already. And so, oh, she beat Bailey. She beat Bailey right after to- Sasha. She was going to beat oh. her again um, when Bailey got injured for that Money in the Bank. Oh, okay. Well, she's got to be involved at WrestleMania, though. Yeah, that's maybe. Nice. Nice. Yeah, maybe she's got to be involved at WrestleMania. There you go. That's what yeah. I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she got to beat him all at WrestleMania for the title. So maybe she does in a have row. to drop it to Bailey yeah. to get the title back at WrestleMania. In 26 seconds, lose it to Bailey. That's yeah. the story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Something yeah, I feel. I mean, it feels like that's the slam dunk is now Bailey versus Bianca, which I think is what we all want to see. And now if you're Bailey, even though you've only had one match you have back, you have a reasonable claim to say you should get a title shot because you pinned the champ. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, There were reports of the match where it felt like Bailey was being held, held out like she wasn't quite 100 percent or something like that. But uh, I'm guessing by the finish that they're, you know, they have plans for and she's ready to go. I thought everybody in that match looked really good. I thought, I thought the entrances, especially were really com- compelling. Michael Cole remembering that, that Oscar had a career before she came to WWE was, you know, one of the big moments of the night. There are a couple of, couple of, uh, of, of, uh, allusions or, or references to pro wrestling history that we might not have gotten. Uh, Adrian street was out there in the audience at whatever age he's at looking like a million bucks. And, and, um, I don't know, there was just, lot, it just, it just felt like, uh, like, you know, there was some. There was a lot more of a liberal approach to uh, to, to the announce team than than we're used to getting, which was um, which is always a, a pleasant surprise these days. Um, what was? I mean, if you guys want to stay on that match or say anything else about it, please interrupt me. But if not, uh, with the one big match we haven't talked about is Riddle versus Rollins. Sorry, Matt Riddle 
versus Seth Rollins. Uh, we got everybody's got a first name again. Seth freaking Rollins. He got a nickname. Don't forget about that. Somebody said that they yeah. took freaking off of his uh, WWE.com like a uh, 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 player card or whatever. Like, uh, but I don't. I don't know, know if it was true. ever there. But the but he says it. No, it definitely oh, it, it, it was it definitely it was, was there. there. Okay. Um, but yeah, we, <laughs> so we got Rollins, Rollins, and 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 Riddle. Um, I think you know, contra everything we said about Sheamus and Gunther, they kind of got the, the, you know, a million different finishers to end the match match of the night. But that, I mean, that one was, I thought that was a really, just a really top notch thing. Uh, and, and I, I thought that, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, that was, that was a much better version of that match than I was expecting. I don't know if my expectations were particularly low, but uh, those two guys worked together beautifully in that match. What did you guys think? I, yeah, I think on, uh, any other night, this was probably would have been match of the night. I think this was really, really good. And I think uh, it did everything it was supposed to in the sense that, you know, Seth Rollins finally got a big premium live event win that he's been desperately needing. Uh, but also I think what's great for Matt Riddle is he has gone beyond being just the goofy fun guy. Like now he can start doing the serious, start doing the angry. I like that he, sort of opened up that aspect of his character, which can now help him become more of a serious threat instead of just a goofy kind of mid-card guy. I think this is a, it was a loss, but I think the loss has now opened up many different paths for him as a character. Did, did he though, Jack? I mean, yeah. they, they cut That's this, pro, they did this promo where he, you know, where Seth Rollins talks about his wife and kids hate him. And, you know, he goes, I'm going to kick your ass, bro. And then he comes out in SpongeBob SquarePants pants and does his little kickoff thing. And then they do like 15 minutes of, uh, of reversal, uh, reversal suplex wrestling. I, I mean, I, a wrestler. I mean, I, I guess I mean, they, just, they did it. They did. They, this was supposedly this guy said this unforgivable thing about his family. And then they like, all right, let's, let's do, see, let's do a CrossFit work rate match for 15 see, minutes and do a bunch of 2.9 gig outs. I didn't Phil, think you're, you're, you're getting lost. You're getting lost in all the uh, minutia. How'd the match end? He got so angry. He grabbed the chair, tried to hit him with a chair and that's what cost him the win. That's the story. The, I mean, I guess that felt like a very, that felt like a very NXT, uh, Shawn Michaels booked, uh, Adam Cole finish to me where he's like, I'm so angry. I don't know. I didn't like that match. Uh, but I, I, I knew I wasn't going to like it. So I, I you know, there were some parts of it that I thought were kind of cool, but I I really think that if you're going to do this angle, you can't, you'll have that match. How'd you know you weren't going to like it? I don't love, uh, those aren't guys. I, I have a ton of, a ton of enthusiasm or time for. He's still freaking on the website, by the way. Just pulled it. I mean, I would have liked it if they had done something that different, but I thought this very much felt like, you know, Seth Rollins has a pay-per-view match, and this was Seth Rollins with his pay-per-view match. The disrespect. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I, I mean, I, I don't. I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying also about the style of the match. I mean, I mean uh, Riddle, him, Riddle in particular has a very sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, performative style at times, and and he certainly didn't come out like somebody who was just trying to kick somebody's ass, which is sort of interesting given his background. But it would have been fun to see him do something a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I, I thought have to re- point out though that they reverted to the wrestling after first like throwing hands, like they started with the hockey fight, like the bell rang and they immediately started throwing hands, a la you know KO and Sami Zayn, how those matches will always start with. It's on site. We're throwing. It's not like the Triple H Randy Orton match from WrestleMania years ago, where like 
they had this blood feud and the bell rings and then they go for a lockup. Like they really tried to put the beats on each other and then they went to the wrestling and then they went back to putting the beats on each other. So it wasn't like they just dropped the, mm-hmm. the heat that the match had and went straight to like grappling and, and, and doing what they do as wrestlers. They did try to try to make it like a fight. Like at one point, Riddle, uh, Rollins couldn't even make his entrance because Riddle was running to the ropes to kick his ass. So it wasn't like it had no heat. I don't it know. Probably those, didn't have those, the those, level of heat that you might have wanted, but it those are pretty. Those are pretty crappy no looking heat. punches too. Uh, so when, when they those, those hands weren't exactly it's not the, the worst, hardest. It's not the worst hands. punches that I throw? saw this month on TV. <laughs> Say that much. Um, what else have we got, Brian? Oh, Carlos, uh, Carlos Herrera, the amazing person, friend of the show, uh, friend of all of us. Says uh, they didn't book for the town; they booked for the product. That's what we were talking about up top. I think that was. I think that's the right way to look at it. Look at this. I mean, you kind of you gave you get, given all the finishes and everything like that. They did a great job of catering to the fans and and, and giving them you know things to get excited about and, and and big moments and stuff. But yeah, they didn't. They didn't. You know, make any decisions, any finishes decisions based on the fact that they were in Wales. And I think that that overall is was the right move. Um, given the fact that we didn't see any title changes though, when we didn't see any, um, uh, you know, shocking surprises short of solo Sokoa uh, popping up. Uh, how, how do we spin this forward? What, what do we, what do we think the, the what, what do you think the biggest takeaway of tonight's uh, event is going to be? Yeah, it was a good show, but I thought that I didn't feel like there was any. I think we everybody's kind of in the same place they were yesterday, right? As far as the promotion goes, outside of I guess Dominic turning heel, but outside of that, I think everybody's kind of in the same place that they were before. I think, I mean, uh, I guess Drew goes gets side drained with the feud with uh, Carrie and Cross, uh, so good luck to him with that. Uh, but otherwise, it felt like the, this was kind of a you know, we're going to have more of the women feuding with each other. We're going to have more of Sheamus feuding with Gunther. We're going to have more Riddle uh, Rollins, I think. And it, it kind of is a, a little bit of a, you know, a, a moment in time rather than moving anything particularly forward. Well, I, I think um, the, the thing that I see is, is moving forward that will be different is with Solo Sokoa in there, I imagine Sami Zayn getting pushed yes. farther and farther to the side and Kevin Owens helping to drive that wedge and break them apart. I think that's the story going forward. See, Jack, that's why you my man, because that's yep. exactly, I was going to go right <laughs> in that same lane. Like, if I'm Sami Zayn right now, I'm texting Jimmy to find out how close he is with Solo, because if Jimmy is Solo or closer than Jay and Solo, then maybe Sammy doesn't have to watch his ass as much on Friday. But if if Sam if Solo has a little bit of that Jay Uso dog in him, then like you said, Sammy Sammy's getting going to be even further on the outs with the Bloodlines. That uh, that title of honorary Uso might get snatched away as as soon as Friday, depending on how Solo Sokoa um, decides he feels about Sammy Zayn. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, 
restrictions. All apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the story. I think that's the story. And I'm actually, I'm actually very eager to see it because I think the, uh, the bloodline, every, every member of it is just such a, a uh, strong presence, but Sami Zayn is so entertaining. Even if I know how it's going to go, I'm, I'm excited to see how it plays out. It's going to be fun to see. So I'm, I, I think that part is going to be great. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, let's get, uh, let's go to some questions, guys. If you're listening to this, uh, if you're in, if you're in the chat, get in, get in right now and put your questions in. I know you've been asking questions already, but feel free to type them again um, because we'll, we'll answer a few before we get out of here. Um, Rob Lopez asks, do you think we'll get Braun on Monday slash Friday? Well, I mean, the rumors are that he's going to be there tomorrow. I mean, on Monday, tomorrow, I feel like it's Sunday night. You know, the sun's so shining. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with them. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, I think that he's, he's one of these dudes that has just like an endless amount of potential in terms of like, like he, they could, they could easily find ways to use him for the rest of time. Um, but you know, there's no doubt that he kind of got played out at some point. I mean, it was, you know, there, there's, you, you gotta, it's, it's hard to book giants when you're not shuffling them off to new territories every three months, you know? So, um, it'll, it, it will be very interesting to see what they do. Uh, it, I, you know, I, I don't think I'm not, I don't really know where he, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't know if he's like a triple H guy or, you know, what, what the, what the look would be for him. I mean, if they're still, if they're talking to Bray Wyatt, I, I, I would, I mean, I'd probably rather see Braun Strowman as part of a rebooted Wyatt family of some sort. But, uh, but yeah, I think we'll probably see him. What do you guys think? What's, what's your, what's your ideal usage of, 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 uh, of Braun Strowman? I, I like Braun. Uh, so I think him being back is cool, but I do think that, um, while I like all the people that are getting brought back and it's fun and exciting, I think it's fun and exciting the same way it was really fun and exciting when AEW was bringing in a bunch of people. And, um, I think that, uh, much like AEW, I, I kind of worry about what's going to happen six months, 12 months down the road when suddenly the new people have taken the place of some of the old people that I used to really like, or the new people that came in don't stick around quite as much as the, as I thought they were going to, you know? Um, now WWE does have three rosters so they can spread them out a little bit, but, um, I'm enjoying it right now and I'm excited for it, but I, I'll be honest. There's this part of me. that's like, I don't know. We saw AEW bringing a ton of people all at once and it was really fun for a time. And then lo and behold, now we're like, how come so-and-so isn't getting TV time? So I'm, I'm curious to see how triple H handles that situation going forward. Yeah. I, it depends on his knees looked really bad last time he was in there. Like he barely moved. So I guess the question is, is how, I mean, during the height, I thought he was really entertaining. And then I thought by the end, he, looked pretty banged up. I mean, he's not a young guy. Um, so I guess the question is really is, has he taken this time that he's been away to like heal up a little bit? And I think it's pretty exciting. Yeah. I have a confession. When I heard you say Braun, I thought Braun breaker. Cause I didn't, uh, there's only one Braun in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, 
I got I got more and more confused <laughs> as Shoemaker gave his answer. Um, but now, but now that I'm all caught up, um, I don't think you retread what they've already done. Like the Wyatt family stuff was great, um, but it's it's been done. So I don't think they should backtrack. And in terms of Braun, just like that giant ass kicker that he was um, right up until he won the universal title and right before he was released. That's the brawn that I think that they should go to. They should keep him as far away from Ray Wyatt as possible. Um, because I think that's, that's when he was succeeding the most, honestly, was when he was on his own, you know, feuding with top guys, looking indestructible and um, winning championships. So I say just have him do his own thing. Now, it's tough to do that with both belts on Roman Reigns. Um, they eventually have to split that up, but they could spend that time building him up. They could feud him with Lashley. There's a lot of different ways they could do it, but I don't think that uh, Braun Strowman should go right back into being uh, aligned with Bray Wyatt. Okay, uh, Brandon Williams asks, why does Phil hate everything LMAO? There's a lot of questions like that in the chat. First of all, it's a, Phil writes a column about the best matches of the week. So it's, it's really, when, when Phil likes something, it's an event. Right. That really, but, but the, uh, the, I think that the real answer to that is Phil loves wrestling more than anybody I know. He just, you know, he picks it. He just has certain things. That really yeah. The only time I remember negatives on these things, yeah. when I'm, when I'm on the, yeah, writing for the rigor, it's all about how awesome shit is. Every once in a while, I see something on, uh, we on pay him, or we pay AEW and I, and I have a criticism or two, but mostly I love wrestling. We pay him to work <laughs> heel on this show. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> does it, okay. Joe Flores asked, does this change who could be the Royal rumble? winner does anything tonight affect your this is spinning it way forward but does anything that happened tonight make you think that uh, give you any ideas about what we may be steering towards come royal rumble or wrestlemania time i feel like we've all been pegging cody rhodes returning and winning the rumble uh for a long time and assuming he's healthy i can't imagine that changing uh based off of tonight i assume that rock's going to be roman's opponent in at wrestlemania so i think they keep the belt on him until then yeah, I've been banging this drum of Roman pulling double duty at WrestleMania. So I do see Cody coming back, winning the Rumble, and then challenging Roman for one of those titles on one night. I don't know if it'll be Saturday or Sunday, but I say if Roman really is the best, which I believe he is, and if he really is the needle mover and the main event attraction in all of wrestling, which, again, I believe he is, have him do it both nights. Give him rock one night, give him Cody another night, give him a spectacle for the casuals with The Rock and give him something for the hardcore fans that we can sink our teeth into with Cody and then make him prove why he is the best of the best. Which again, mm -hmm. I think he is, but have, have him prove it to everybody else. Here, here's one thing. I'm just going to say this. As far as the Royal Rumble thing, I think that, that AAA shaking over creative probably changes the Royal Rumble's outlook more than anything that's ever, you know, that we saw tonight, which is, all to say, I don't know. I don't know the dude. I don't. I, I mean, I, I don't know the way that his wrestling logic, you know, works in his brain. But hopefully, I would like to think that we can do away with the the presumption that that, that your big returning star is going to win the Royal Rumble to get in the main event of the wrestling match when it's so stupid and so unnecessary. If 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 Cody Rhodes, the biggest star in the wrestling industry, comes back from his injury and says, "I would like to be in the main event at WrestleMania," kayfabe or no, he gets that match. So I don't know that they need to clog up the Royal Rumble with Cody Rhodes' return, but hell, maybe they will. Who knows? Guys, um, Cody Rhodes well, is the biggest well, star in the wrestling industry now. 
Just to, upon let's, his return, let's slow our roll a little bit, guys. I mean, he had some, he, he had a couple big pops when he debuted. Just to push back a little bit, Shoemaker, though, the, the Rumble, the, if Cody Rhodes says he wants the main event at WrestleMania, he sort of has to go through the Royal Rumble to get it as long as yep. those titles are on one person. Because if, if not, then, you know, at least somebody can win the Rumble and go after one, and then Cody can demand a title shot a la Brock and get the other one. But as long as they are both on Roman Reigns, that means that the, or, or one person, whoever that one person is at the time of WrestleMania, the Rumble winner has to see that person. If it's Roman Reigns and Cody wants the main event of WrestleMania, he has to go through the Royal Rumble to get it. He can't just request it because then like, we're not going to shit all over the gimmick of the Rumble that everybody's fallen in love with for the past 30 years so that Cody can have a moment. Like, you got another 365 years, 365 days, excuse me. Stay healthy, earn it into the Rumble, um, going into WrestleMania Philly. But whoever wins the Rumble this year is the one who should get Roman at the main event. I like Rob's idea in the chat where he suggested uh, Rock coming in at 30 and winning. Although he should come in at like 27 and win. But well, uh, he, I think that I mean, would be, I think that would be, I mean, that would be a bigger deal than Cody coming back and winning. If, the, if the rock comes in at any number, he's winning it. So you might as well just have him come in at 30. I mean, okay. him coming in at 27, isn't like, Oh, well now anything could happen. <laughs> like, I mean, if, if, if the rock is not going to get eliminated by Dolph Ziggler, you know? Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, booking the Rock into the main event at WrestleMania, on the one hand, doesn't take much work, but on the other hand, kind of takes a lot of work to make us, you know, in storyline terms, to make us interested. But we're going to be stoked about the Rock versus Roman Reigns if that happens, no matter how it happens. Um, uh, hold on, back to the questions here. Thank you, Brian, for pulling these things. Uh, Eddie asks, "Is Shayna's pushover, or are we still looking looking at Shayna versus Ronda?" I mean, I, Shayna served a role tonight, so I don't think there's really anything from tonight that we can take from it. It did seem like they were booking her to be something legit coming into tonight, and I think that uh, Shayna versus Ronda is still a money match. I think they could have a lot of fun with that. I think it would be. I think it's it would be naive to think they're just gonna let Shayna be a divisional jobber moving forward. So uh, I don't know that we can. I don't know that we really learned anything new tonight. Um, we'll move on. Uh, Dan. Oh, Dan, do you think AEW title changes tomorrow will make their, their show feel important? We haven't really talked about uh, tomorrow's big shows. We have AEW's All Out and uh, NXT World's Collide um, coming up. Is it, but let's talk, let's talk specifically about AEW. Do you think... So wait, is the question, is putting the AEW World Heavyweight title on CM Punk tomorrow going to make the championship feel more important? Is that the question? I, I don't actually know what the question is. But do, you, <laughs> do, you think, do you think the fact that there were... Uh-oh, somebody's queued up, Greg! <laughs> do, you th- do you think the fact that there were no title changes tonight, if they were, if it did feel like they were building to a moment for Drew, do you think now we're just building to a moment for AEW tomorrow? Do you think that they're going to coast off of this at all? Or what, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think that there's anything that's going to happen tomorrow in AEW uh, that will that, that will be able to you know feel like it was related to this show at all. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I think the one thing is Eddie Kingston is probably probably at home watching that uh, watching that Gunther Walter match and thinking about his pre-show uh, match with Ishii and having a hold my beer moment. That might be the one thing is he's got to be saying, okay, that's that's what I've that's what we've got to live up to as far as guys beating the shit out of each other. But outside of that, I don't think we, I think. I mean, we, Tony Khan doesn't 
you know, react. He has the idea. He that doesn't react. Really he doesn't react. No, I mean, he doesn't really react. I mean, not that way, right? Like he doesn't, somebody who like will, would deviate from the thing that he had planned, I don't think because of what the WWE did. I don't know, man. How Tony Khan can be easily convinced to scrap plans and and go in a completely different direction. Um, as we've seen by how easy it's been for fans to sort of campaign for something online and then get it, no matter how close to the show is that people start banging on their keyboards. Are you saying that, are you saying that because of uh, the, all the Slim J matches that I send him in DMs? <laughs> exactly. I know. Because I do think that was a success. I said, I said him, uh, I said him yard call and we got my man Slim J on uh, a I, so. I know it's you. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Hold on one second. Oh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the Drew Cash in a little. I mean, the, the Drew Belt thing. Somebody asked about this. Um, oh, Brian Perlman said this. Have they, sh- have they shown any hint that you can challenge for just ro- one of Roman's title belts? I know that, Greg, I think you talked about Roman working both nights of WrestleMania or defending both, pulling double duty at WrestleMania. I presume that would be one each night, but which I think is a great idea. Um, people kept sort of on various shows. It's it's been insinuated that the way out of this two belt thing might be Austin Theory if if the if the briefcase is only good for a cash in on one of the two. When he tried to cash in tonight, I think Michael Cole said it was going to make it a triple threat match. Which I I don't have. Did have they done any of the legwork in answering how the rules would actually work in terms of splitting up the belts? Uh, FC See, for a cash you know, this, in. This 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 is one of those things where I feel like uh, fans online and Twitter gets themselves all worked up in a tizzy about something that isn't a thing. WWE has never presented anything about these titles splitting up. Has never hinted at them becoming separate again. They even introduced them as a single championship at this point. I don't think there is a plan or legwork being done to split them up. I don't think they're playing like that's a. That's a fan thing, I think, about splitting them up and about trying to do this. WWE's never even implied that that was a goal. I don't like, and if you're Austin Theory, why would you only challenge for one of them? That doesn't make sense either. And like, I don't know. It, it, I feel like this is just a weird fan thing that has happened on Twitter that has gotten all worked up. But it, it's like when everyone got upset that The Rock didn't show up at Survivor Series, even though they did never said anything about The Rock being at Survivor Series. Like, how will we celebrate 25 years of The Rock without The Rock? Well, watch that Survivor Series. <laughs> it's just, You're not my man no more, all right? Just, if, they, I mean, if they're not two different belts, then make one belt so they can shut me up, all right? As long as he comes out with two separate straps, I'm going to have hope that you can Jack, I, it, it, That it's, doesn't it's sound like the Twitter hope. I know. Are you saying the Twitter fans, people uh, got, got uh, all up in arms about something ridiculous? That doesn't sound right. Twitter? No, not, not the Twitter I know. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I don't mean, I think being Greg, I disagree on this one. I think that, I think the, I always thought the idea of having two world champions in the WWE was stupid. And I'm very happy that it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and you could probably go back to me grousing about this 20 years ago. So I'm very happy there's just one world champion. I don't think they need to take the worst parts of boxing and add it to a fake sport by having multiple people say they're the world champion. Um, so I'm, 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 I like the fact that one belt, I hope they don't one, uh, there's one unified champion. I hope that person stays a unified champion for, for perpetuity. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I think that we've already seen some of the, in so much as there's any issue with it, you know, that there's not a champion for each show or whatever. I think that that's been 
solved at least in the early stages pretty pretty cleanly by by you know the new respect newfound respect being given to the mid card titles uh if you can if you can have a main if you can have the ic title match main event a show and people are really excited to see it then you know that's that that that's you get what you get and i think that you're right uh, phil we it it it's it makes for much better you know storytelling to have one champion on top of everybody no matter how many shows you have um there's just some logistical stuff you got to work out along the way i don't know um and in a way i think i feel like to be honest they've always had one champ i mean they've had two people claim to be the top guy but it whenever they're even they were when they were split there was always one person that felt like they were the real top champion anyway it's like we can and, pretend like, oh, there's two. And it wasn't JBL. Yes. I mean, uh, right. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, there's always one person. Like, they're the real champion. And then there's this other person. So why even do that? Like, that just seems silly to me. I, I agree with what was said. I like it when there's one person acknowledged as the champion. Is there an, a, a no I woman who can take both women's titles and, and unify those? Well, Trinity Fatu is married into the family. I mean, she's uh, Naomi's out there just w- waiting to come back. Apparently, mm-hmm. Rock's daughter's training, right? Can she just unify both the women's cells so we could put the whole thing to did, bed? Did Rock's daughter already show up on Elevation? Did she already have like a semi-televised match? Or am I imagining that? Level up, level, level up. up. Yeah, Sorry, sure. Elevation's the other show. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. She, I mean, she might be the one. She might be the the the, the princess that was promised. Um, let's see. Dan Wartenberger says the Moxley Punk finish is the most intriguing thing of the weekend for me. We can't talk just a tiny bit about AEW tomorrow night. I mean, it, it, we talked about it on all of our shows, I'm sure, this week. I know we spent forever on it on the Masked Man show. The finishes of both the main events this weekend on the two big shows were just kind of mind-boggling to me. And I was, I was, it made me excited to come into wrestling this weekend. I didn't know how they were going to pull off the finish tonight. It turned out that they did it just by not having, a, not, not really considering a Drew championship reign. Um, and the same thing for tomorrow night. I, I mean, I, it wouldn't shock me if it was just a, a underdog punk fight and he comes out on top in Chicago and is still working babyface by the end. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if, if he lost, it wouldn't shock me if he turned heel. I don't know. I mean, do you, what, what, what is it? What's your guys, how do you, what do you guys think is going to happen to that? If, yeah. In the finish I, tomorrow. I said, I alluded to this earlier. I don't think Tony Khan should, should copy Triple H's homework, but if there's one thing he should take away from today, it's that, you know, your homecoming doesn't have to end with a triumphant victory. Like, let CM Punk lose in Chicago and keep the championship on, on Mox, who is a, a much more compelling champion. He has been, he was in the interim, and just carry that momentum forward versus. Uh, a yay punk in Chicago moment for no good reason. Uh, yeah, I I agree. I I'm a big AEW fan. I feel like this whole showdown and everything that's been going on with with Moxley and Punk personally though has has left me wanting. I feel like their performances. Like I I get what they're doing. It just feels very. It, it just it doesn't it's not hitting for me and I, I I agree I think Moxley's a much more compelling champion I think he feels more like the champion I don't I don't know what it is about uh, uh, Punk right now but for some reason I'm just not that invested in him uh, and invested in wanting to see him be the champion uh, Mox feels like their champion he feels like their guy I think he should stay their guy um, 
kind of feel like after Punk got squashed in three minutes that he shouldn't be getting a title shot uh, a week later. But um, I, I, yeah, I think Moxley needs to win. I, well, yeah, I he got Moxley his hand. To... He got his hand on the open contract first. So there's, you know, that, that's that's how it happened. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I get, I get it. I'm just if. I, and I know this is pro wrestling. I'm just, if this was any other, if this was UFC and someone got knocked out in three minutes, you wouldn't be like, I want to run that back in a few weeks. You know, uh, it's, I, I don't know for so this one just isn't landing for me. And I, I, I kind of want Mox to win and I want CM Punk to reset and do whatever he needs to do and move on. I'm reminded of the old, of, I don't know. This is, this is such a weird uh, correlation, but um, at some point somebody said that America should have a King or queen and have that be separate from the presidency because it works so well in the UK that you don't have the same, I mean, there's still a lot of politicization, but the, but the, but you know, you could just have somebody on top and let, and let them just walk around with the crown and have everybody else just deal with the nuts and bolts of running the country. Maybe we should just have Kings in wrestling. I mean, we have had Kings in wrestling, but CM Punk makes a good King, but he doesn't need to be the day in day out champion. Um, and you know, maybe we could do that in WWE too, but I agree. So I disagree. Uh, I think I think Punk. I think there's a, more to be told with Punk as champion than Moxley. As much as I actually really like both guys, because I think that, I don't know where Moxley, what what Moxley future Moxley matchups you have as champion. Whereas I think there's a lot of things you can do with Punk. Um, Who was a good opponent for CM Punk after Moxley? Um, you could do Eddie Kingston. You could do Brian Danielson. You could do um, Samoa Joe, you know, and, better, and none of them come. would be good with Moxley. I feel like those are all good Moxley matches too. Well, I mean, I think, I think, I think well, the Brian Nielsen thing, I think you, we, we've seen relatively recently, uh, and the Kingston one we've seen too, and I don't think we've seen they, both of those are are well, we haven't really seen uh, Punk against either of those guys, you know. In we saw one the one Eddie Kingston match, but there's still a lot of story there. And I don't know. I just think that he's their biggest star, and they should put their belt on their biggest star. And I know he's not. He's 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 there's he's gotten a lot of backlash on the internet lately uh, for stuff that I don't think is super related to him as a champion of the, of a promotion. So, and I and I really like Moxley. I think Moxley's been great, and I think it's and I actually like the fact that he was able to unify the titles, and they're doing did something a little different with it. But I think Punk's gonna gonna win, and I think then you've got you know more more uh lane from that too plus punk hangman page i think there's a, a rematch there and there's some stuff to be told there still as well that obviously he's got a bunch of you know non in ring non in front of camera stuff going on but i think there's a lot of interest in that i don't think i don't know why i mean i, I don't know if moxley's got a natural uh next opponent I, I want to add a little like uh, notes to my comments about everything about Mox. If the three minute match thing didn't happen and this was their first, this was the first like unification match. All my feelings are different, but the fact that I've seen Mox crush CM Punk just a week ago or a week and a half ago or whatever makes me think that why are we going through all these zigs and zags to get to something? It, it feels very Cody Rhodes being an interim TNT champion for one week. Um, and I'll yeah. Oh, sorry about that, Jackie. You know, yeah, I'm good. Uh, and I'll say this too: Punk is their biggest star until the bell rings, and then he does nothing. And hand to God, I mean nothing, to maintain that aura, bell to bell. 
He is not him when it's time to bounce around those ropes and roll around on that mat. Moxley is the guy who they can rely on to do the one thing that is supposed to be their bread and butter, right? And that's the wrestling and have the matches. And you can drop him in with anybody. And they've already sent him to different promotions around the world to have all types of matches with all types of opponents. He is the guy that can legitimize them. Now, if you want a guy with like a big name that you can put a mic in front of and then have them give a nice little rah-rah speech and hype themselves up, CM Punk is your guy. But if you want a guy who can do all of that and then the bell rings and then they rise to the occasion also, it's not CM Punk and they should keep him far away from their world title. Like they, they gave him the reign. He's on the list of champions. He legitimizes the title. They don't need him to, to do anything more than that. It's on Mox. They, like, God got them out of it. Like, don't block your blessings on this one, Tony Khan. Keep the title on John Moxley. Like, for real. CM Punk is not the guy. An impassioned plea. From I'm begging you. Uh, don't, like, no, I, please pour Pepsi Man down the drain tomorrow. Don't, don't do it. He's not uh, the guy. I think he's been uniformly excellent in every big fact he's yeah, had. He's, he's, had, he's had a lot of really like I think he's by I think I think and I like Boxley and I think he's I think he's the better and Punk the better in ring guy of those two at this point. And I'm a as big a I've probably written what like Oh I'll take I'll take Mox two, over two dozen Mox. essays on, on categorically on, false. It's not even <laughs> that is that Mox. is demonstrably false. It's I've probably written read. 10 essays on John Moxley matches, 12 since I started writing. Write him an apology page. letter. Dude, write love. him an apology letter. That's what you write next, that is wrong. You're wrong. That line of the night right there. Uh, yeah, I think that I, 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 I want to go away with what you said about the storytelling. Uh, Phil and Jack were talking about it. I mean, it is interesting. I think that, I think that between MJF, if he's still under the employee of AEW, and uh, that'll be one to watch out for tomorrow, too. Obviously, I think the big, you know, we can all take with Tony Khan's pronouncements with a little bit of a grain of salt, but he said they'd be at 100% or close to 100% after, after tomorrow night. Um, so one's got to assume that if MJF is still, you know, working there, then, then that means he'll, you know, he, he'll be back. But between MJF and Hangman, if they can kind of corral that thing, no pun intended, you've got two big time feuds for Punk that don't actually need the title belt. Like that's your exit ramp because at some point he's not going to be champion anymore. Um, but that said, those would both be great title feuds too. And, uh, and, and similarly, whatever they're going to do with the Blackpool combat club, I have to assume there is some long-term storytelling concept there that, that probably doesn't need the title belt either. So it could kind of go either way. Uh, I think I'm pro punk as champion. I'm not, I wasn't a huge fan of cramming a Rocky story into two episodes of dynamite and, you know, introducing a steel, uh, kind of out of nowhere as, 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 you know, an integral part of it. Um, because I agree with Jack. I think if they just walked in on, if they walk in tomorrow night for the unification belt in Chicago, unification match in Chicago, both guys holding belts. I think that that's every bit, probably a lot, probably significantly more in, in, interesting than what they're going to walk into tomorrow night. Um, but all that said, I think I'm, I think I lean towards punk as champ, despite the fact that I, that I, that, you know, punk and his potential for champ as champ, uh, despite everything, the fact that I love John Moxley till the end of time, I, I and I'll say the the Rocky story thing that they did, I think would be, would have been great if it, if they had like two months to go through that and like tell the story as opposed to a, you know, like CM Punk went through three acts of a story in 
five minutes <laughs> in, in that promo. It, it, you know, if it was like what made the hangman story great about him doubting himself and coming back was that it was drawn out and you could see the character kind of progress where this was just like, guys, I can't do it anymore. You can't kill me. Like, it's like, well, what happened? You just, that, that was one, one comment. You jumped. Who do from, you think you are? I am. Yeah. Like, wait, what? You just were telling me how you, you were in tears about to give up. What do you, what do you mean you can't kill you? You were dead. You were given up. Like what? I don't know. If you had like a month or two to like tell that story, totally different story. Also, if this was their first meeting, different story, but with everything that happened like a week ago, I feel like this is, it'd be kind of like an eye roll corny. I think if, if CM Punk won it. Yeah. Or, um, I can't say I disagree with that. The storytelling has been a little bit, but you know, whatever, let's give them the benefit of the doubt and see what happens tomorrow. Um, I have all the faith in both those guys that I think in, in putting the position they're put in, they're going to put together something pretty special. AEW shows are a bit like those old uh, takeovers where sometimes you're like, I don't know about the build to this, but then they do have a lot of great matches. They're like, this was a great show, even though going into it, sometimes you're like, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, AEW yeah, has another only- bad pay-per-view, right? Like, and, and, you know, even the ones yeah. that people were like, oh, man, I'm not so sure about this on paper. They always tend to deliver. It's, there's a lot of matches. Uh, we're gonna be up late tomorrow night <laughs> doing this, doing this, doing this, uh, doing another like twelve a.m. Uh, uh, Spotify live, you know, yeah. performance after they run all four. What is it? 12, 13 matches yeah. on the show tomorrow. Yeah, oh twenty-five percent of their matches are good. They'll have five great matches on the yeah. show. Yeah, that's true. Um, so we'll all be looking forward to that. Uh, uh, well, tonight was a good show too. I thought we really enjoyed everything that we got to see. When Worlds um, Collide should be good tomorrow. I mean, we're, we haven't talked well, about that. Well, so, uh, but, we, we haven't. I mean, there's, uh, we, we can talk about it a lot, I guess. But, I mean, it's, it's uh, I think that, I mean, my, my expectations for the, the match quality is really high. And I think it's also, of course, um, going to show, going to give us some indication of, of the, the near and, 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 and indeterminate, I mean, intermediate future of WWE too, to see if anybody's on the verge of getting called up or how they look in these re- I mean, some of you, some, there's going to be some people and I'm looking at you, Braun Breaker who are in the position of having a career defining match up to this point. So um, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out for him. I'm, I'm bummed. My man, Ilya Dragunov got hurt and had to vacate the title before he could have that. Cause I think Taylor bait is fine, but Ilya Dragunov versus Braun Breaker would have been absolutely incredible. Yeah. And well, there's something poetic about him, about it being Tyler bait, but I know what you mean. Cause Dragunov was intense. Yeah. I would have loved to see Dragunov in that position too, but when he makes his comeback, he's going to, you know, they're going to roll out the red carpet for him. I we think. were talking so, about great uh, uh, Gunther matches. If folks want it, would, go on uh, Peacock and watch both Walter uh, uh, Ilya Dragunov matches that they had in NXT UK. Those are two of the better, incredible, two of the better WWE matches maybe ever. I mean, you know, obviously yeah. not, they didn't have the, they don't have the same sort of, you know, showcase as matches like, you know, of something like Austin Hart, which was made of any WrestleMania. But as far as just, it, you know, from the bell rings one at the beginning to the bell rings at the end, that's about as good as they've ever done. So that, that I recommend if folks haven't seen those, and I know it's just me and Jack are the only people. Yeah. Uh, Flobo's not here. <laughs> the only people watching NXT UK. But I mean, those, <laughs> those guys really uh, could, uh, you know, were, were magic together. That those are matches to show people who ask if wrestling's fake. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, well, guys, we got to get out of here. It's time to hang up the phones. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for putting questions in the chat. Thank you uh, to Greg and Jack and Phil for hanging out. Our producer, Brian's out there somewhere, too. Um, thank you, Dave. Hey, yeah, you always thank us. Yeah, thank, yeah thanks, thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. <laughs> you're welcome, and, Dave. And be, and because of that, I mean, because you're so appreciative, I would like you to just sit quietly while I sing uh, "The Day the Music Died" or "American Pie" for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing some. From the beginning. I love the fact that they did that, and then he said, "Well, how about we sing some more songs?" I'm like, "Oh, more songs? How are we going to do a whole?" I used to karaoke DJ in my 20s. Is that what's happening? We have somebody who's not giving the damn mic up. <laughs> I'm wearing some fine footwear. In your honor so i'm ready to toe tap whenever you're ready to serenade us <laughs> all right guys uh i'll actually be starting another spotify live room just for the singing uh you can look for that uh aside from that we will be back here tomorrow night in some form or fashion so come back and hang out with us we will uh so enjoy worlds collide enjoy aw all out and uh we'll, we'll talk to you guys soon thank you so much yeah, thank you this episode is brought to you by hotels.com when I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.